You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. You can find the Needless Things Podcast on iTunes and on Stitcher, where I hope you will rate us well and share, spread the word, do whatever. And also at NeedlessThingsSite.com, the home of the Needless Things Podcast, where five days a week, in addition to the podcast... You can find original articles by myself and by the Needless Things Irregulars. Okay, so I'm sitting down here in the Phantom Zone, and it is the day of release for the show. I have not been able to put it together until just now. Uh, I am freezing my butt off. I am recovering from a virus and a sinus infection. I've had it with this being sick nonsense, but I do feel, I feel good. I'm fine. I'm stuffy, as you might be able to tell from the quality of my voice, but I at least feel good, which is a good thing, because tonight I'm going out to celebrate the birthday of my good friend and inspiration, Mr. Bo Brown. Uh, his birthday is tomorrow, so if you're around Facebook on December 5th, wish Mr. Bo Brown a happy birthday. He deserves all of the joy and happiness in the world. He is an inspiration to me and uh, definitely a motivator for the things that I do. And then tomorrow night, I will be returning to Porterdale, Georgia for Platinum Championship Wrestling, where I will be the ring announcer once again. Uh, hopefully things have gotten a little bit more under control uh, from a... How do I put this delicately? Hopefully the storyline has allowed things to be uh, a little more together than they were last time. There's a lot of chaos going on right now, a lot of upheaval, and maybe I'll get into that in a future show. Maybe I'll have one of the guys on to talk about what's happening, but uh, I'll be out there suffering through my snotty head cold. I will take my antibiotics and bring some hauls and uh, maybe a little Mucinex, but generic Mucinex, because that stuff's expensive. I, don't, I, don't, I go for the store brand on that. Anyway... Uh, what else is going on? Christmas is rapidly approaching. Exciting things are happening. Miss Lady Flex came to the Phantom Zone the other day, and we recorded some fun stuff for the Dirty Con game show. So if you are into our game show, keep an eye on the Facebook page. That is the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show Facebook page. Go over there and check out some dirty stuff, 18 and up only, please. Although I don't imagine anybody under 18 is listening to this. Because uh, you guys all watch YouTube videos all day, right? Uh, lots of exciting things in the works there, hopefully. I know I say that a lot, but it takes time to get these things done. It takes planning. It takes coordination. And uh, plus, there are five of us on the DirtyCon Game Show staff. So, you know, communication, people. 
What else is happening? Uh, I don't know. I just don't have much for you. I can't feel my fingers right now because I haven't turned the little space heater on down here yet because I'm resisting the idea that it's space heater time, you know? I just turned the fan off that, that is normally running, uh, but I, I can't quite bring myself to pull out the little space heater yet. Uh, cool stuff. I got a Christopher Reeve Superman from NACA. Finally. Uh, one of the awesome people at the Toys R Us that I go to, and, and I talk to a few of them, they've got a pretty regularly rotating staff. So, you know, you get to know people and then you never see them again. Like one day you just never see them again, uh, which is, is kind of sad, but also kind of great because, you know, it's retail. That's how it works. And if somebody's moved on, uh, I would say most of the time that's a good thing. They've found another opportunity. But uh, one of the folks there that I talked to, a real nice guy, went in the back, and he had one that he was hanging on to, and he was like, here you go, man. Go buy it. So I got my Christopher Reeve Superman. Now I need, just need to break out the hair dryer and loosen up those joints after I open it. All right, I think that's enough. <laughs> I know that's abrupt. I usually have more of an agenda for these intros, but I just don't. Uh, it's the holidays. There's too much going on. And uh, a lot of it may be not of interest to you guys. I, I can't really talk about how prepared I am for certain things because I don't discuss uh, that sort of stuff on the show, if you know what I mean. If you know what I mean Christmas-wise, maybe Santa I, I don't talk about so much, if you catch my drift. But uh, things are going really well. And speaking of Christmas, it's time to talk about the song, today's song. And it's something very special. It's a little something uh, my buddy Ricky Zero from Radio Cult, which you can check out at RadioCult.com, is part of a project called The Silvers, who are a self-identified Beatlesque band, which is not necessarily my speed, but I can recognize fun music, and I can certainly recognize Christmas music, and they have a Christmas song, an original Christmas song called What Are You, Christmas? Or is it What Are You, Christmas? It's What Are You, Christmas? I don't know why I went with the first one. I, I kind of like the first one, though. I might use that at one of my holiday gatherings. What Are You, Christmas? No, it's What Are You, Christmas? Uh, but anyway, now that I've said that 18 times, if you go to the Silvers website uh, or to the Needless Things post uh, for this episode, you can get a free download of this song by the Silvers up through December the 31st. And it's a fun little Christmas tune. It's great to add to your collection. I love these like one-off, uh, just, you know, when you're playing through your Christmas playlist and then something pops up that you're just like, Oh, it's this, it's an independent band. It's a new song. It's something I haven't heard. It's not another cover of Jingle Bell Rock. I love this stuff. So you can download this thing for free. Hang on just a second. I thought I had the website pulled up, and I don't, which is very lame of me and bad hostly, but now you're seeing a little behind the scenes of what happens here. If you go to thesilversmusic.com, there it is. Now I feel slightly better about myself as uh, my congestion continues to pour out of my head. <laughs> you guys weren't bargaining for this graphic and intro, were you? All right, so anyway, here it is. What Are You, Christmas? by The Silvers, featuring our good friend Ricky Zero from Radio Cult, who should be coming on the show sooner than later. 
Let's just start. Uh, first of all, uh, welcome both of you back to the show. Chad, this is, I think, the second time you've been on via Skype, but you yes. were live You were live one time, which is I something. I was live one time, and I will be alive again. Yes, yes, on our uh, Force Awakens wrap-up show. You you cannot leave me out of that. No, I won't. I won't. We're actually, okay. I'm going to figure out a day. It's, well, it's either going to be Friday or Saturday. We're going to get everything. I, I fly in on the I fly in on the 16th. I'm going at like 1 p.m. on the 18th. Okay. Uh, with my dad and my brother. Yeah, uh, we'll either. Uh, well, no, it won't be Friday. It'll be either Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. And I've never even been live on the show. What the hell? Well, come over for the Force Awakens one. You just sit in okay. a room with a bunch of toys and then talk about stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then look at and then spend another couple hours looking at toys. It's, it's a really onerous time. Nobody enjoys it. Oh, I, I I've seen the man cave before. Yes, I mean, I actually man, think... man in quotes. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's the Phantom Zone. I know it's not the Man Cave. Uh, I agree with you on the Man Cave thing. Yeah. Uh, about the phrase. I, I would also suggest that maybe this is a little presumptuous on my part. We should record like an hour and a half with a group, and then we should kick them out, and you and I should talk for three hours. <laughs> um, because you know we can go deep as fuck. I, I, I heartily endorse that idea. Maybe Ryan too? It'll be, it'll be a bonus episode that, I, uh, I, I think we could sit down and just dive. We'll deep make, and just put like a big ass warning on the front of it. We'll make people pay a dollar for it. And be like, your virginity will grow back if you listen to this episode. <laughs> your, your geek hymen will regenerate. Yeah. Like, this is so, this is gonna go so geeky. <laughs> I don't know. I just think we could fill two or three hours probably I, just I think, off the movie. I think you're absolutely right. And of course, I might even let you talk. Everybody, uh, everybody heard Beth also. Welcome back to the show, Beth. Hello. And we are here to talk Mystery Science Theater 3000. Before we start, I want to establish two things. One, uh, we're not going to discuss the nature of Kickstarter. We're not going to talk about how much money this thing should or should not take. We're not going to talk about whether or not they should be utilizing Kickstarter or established properties. We're not, we're not discussing any of that. Right, we're we talking, we, we are strictly talking about Mystery Science Theater 3000 and the incarnation that they intend to bring back. We're not worried about the technicalities of Kickstarter because that that's a whole other topic that that honestly I don't find as interesting. Uh, that's good. I have strong opinions on that. But yeah, I, 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 we, we've got enough without getting into that. And then the yes, second absolutely. thing that I want to establish, uh, we're going to be talking very frankly here. Uh, there are going to be parts where some of us are for sure being shitty dicks about a franchise that people love dearly, but... Anybody that's a member of the Needless Things podcast group on Facebook had the opportunity to be on this show. So if you're listening 
and you feel like, oh, I don't like that they said that. You could have been here, but <laughs> it was an open invitation. So, you know, Beth is here, Chad's here, I'm here, and uh, what we say is is how it is. But you guys are. More I don't than play on being overly negative. <laughs> no, I know that's. But that's, I but I, I did not know there were stipulations before going into this. I, I, I'm not going to be really overly negative. <laughs> I mean, not not any more negative than I normally am. Well, Let's I just was oh, okay. So just, just dismal. Got it. All right, just to, to yeah, establish, pretty much to establish our baseline. Uh, how this sure. came about is all all that happened in my head was you know obviously we're aware that there is a Kickstarter campaign to bring back uh, anywhere from three to twelve new episodes of MST3K. Uh, over the time, they have been announcing. The goals, I believe they're at the point where they can do six episodes right now. Yeah, they're about a million shy of uh, and eight or nine, whatever it is. They have announced that I think they need two million more dollars to hit the full 12 episodes that they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have announced that Jonah Ray will be the new Joel slash Mike. They have announced that Felicia Day will be uh, one of the... New, uh, what, what, what do you guys call it? Like Dr. Forrester's uh, daughter. Right, the, right. The Mads. The Mads. And yeah. what, what made me bring this into the group conversation was the announcement that Patton Oswalt is going to be TV's son of TV's Frank. Mm-hmm. Which I, uh, I think Patton Os- Oswalt is very, very funny. I like his comedy, but I am definitely suffering from some Oswalt oversaturation. I'm really tired of seeing him in every fucking piece of media that I watch and if he's in Star Wars I'm probably going to burn the theater down uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't worry about that I, no I'm not uh, but I just I, enough enough with him already so I saw well, his he's, he's, got, he's got to work I mean yeah, I, know, kind of, I, I know, know that, but he's that in, picture was kind of great it, well, he looks just like Frank and, and he I agree just like him it was in, him or Andy Richter in other circumstances <laughs> But anyway, what his big fat head popped up in my Facebook feed, and yep. I was like, "Ugh, really?" And then that prompted me to think, "Wow, they've put a bunch of names in this thing." Which to me, I realize this is not the everyman stance. To me, Jonah Ray is a name because that man. I have a very complex relationship with Jonah Ray that he is entirely unaware of because he doesn't know who I am. Uh, Jonah Ray bothers me when I listen to him. Uh, I find him slightly annoying, but at the same time, I tend to... Th- this is what crystallized it for me. Weird Al was on Nerdist. And jo- the whole time during the interview, I was thinking about questions, because this is what I do. I think about questions I would like to ask these people I will never get to interview. And I, th- I, the whole time I was thinking, man, it would be really great if somebody would say, what kind of music would be you be playing if you were just doing original non-parody music? And Jonah Ray asked that question, and it hit me like a slap in the face. I was like, oh, fuck. He's just like me. And I realized all of the things that annoy me about him are things that annoy me about me. <laughs> and that... A lot of our humor is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah, I I went to, uh, at the Castro Theater here in San Francisco uh, last year for Sketchfest, they held a tribute to Weird Al. And the hosts were Chris Hardwick and Jonah Ray. And I know, and Garfunkel Notes was like a musical guest. It was a really good time. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact, and I've, said, I've been listening to Nerdist since episode one with Tom Lennon. And yes. 
they Jonah has mentioned two things. He mentions Weird Al a lot, yeah. and he mentions MST a lot. Yeah, I would never in a million years question Jonah Ray's geek cred. That is not yeah. at all my issue. That it's, guy. Should be see pictures of him as a fat little kid. Yeah, that dude is solid. He is one hundred percent solid. Uh, and I don't want to be annoyed by him because I respect everything that he's done. I respect the fact that he's like, he's worked. He's not, I don't look at him or Matt Myra as like Hardwick tagalongs because they work, they're smart, they're clever, they're funny, but I can't help but there's just friction. I'm just like, sometimes when I hear him, I'm like, eh. Yeah, I can but, understand that. Like I said, to me though, he is a name. So we have Felicia Day. Jonah Ray, Patton Oswalt, who are names, and I wonder, is that going to affect the humor? Is it is it going to change? Because before it was a bunch of nobodies, and they were kind of poking fun, and we can't go back. MST3K, when it debuted, was an entirely original concept to the public at large, certainly to those of us who discovered it. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, back, they had their inspirations. But. Right, absolutely, but it was... It was the new a new thing to the mass media, yep. uh, and and I wonder can we go back and can we go back with these names attached? And you guys, I was shocked at the conversation because people were super sensitive about it. We had uh, one of the guys in the group was I think taking a little more offense at. Uh, I, I wouldn't say any, well. Okay, we had one very negative person and we had one very positive person. Who, and there was a lot of sensitivity. It was, I didn't expect that because my thought was more, I don't know, what do you guys think? And it turned into like yeah. on one end of the extreme, fuck this. And on the other end of the extreme, how dare you say fuck this? So it was, it was a very volatile conversation in certain areas. So a little bit, yeah. you guys are here because <laughs> you represent the more intermediary opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, and I'll let you guys talk about that now. Chad, I want to start with you because sure. you are, uh, uh, your opinion comes from being a fan and also from being a little closer to the industry, uh, or a lot closer to the industry, I guess, geographically and job wise, uh, than any of us have ever been. So you have a very specific, interesting take on it. So what, do, what are your thoughts on this thing? Let's see. We're going to leave let's, Kickstarter let's leave. out of it. Yeah, because um, uh, I'm a big MST yeah. fan. Um, I discovered it probably in season two, three, two, first or second season of the Comedy Central days. And my brother and I, my little brother and I, were flipping channels and hit it, and we didn't know what the fuck it was. And we probably watched it for an hour, not understanding what was happening, because <laughs> yes. it was a completely foreign concept. There, why the fuck are there these people's heads, right, at the bottom of the screen? And we weren't even processing that they were watching a horrible movie and making fun of it. It was just, what is? Ha why are these people's heads on my screen? <laughs> and it took some adjustment, and then of course we fell in love with it. And I watched it all the way through until I, I didn't really keep up with it in its sci-fi channel days. Um, I think I kind of I, I walked away at that point. Made out of had cable when that happened, and then I just you know the the once every character from the original was gone, you know every every performer at least right. was gone. I just it just didn't hold the same appeal to me. Um, 
the the new version is not it's not a surprising idea because we're doing it with everything else. They're making Netflix is making Fuller House, right? And they're also been talk about making bringing back the sitcom Coach with Craig T. Nelson, which yeah. I know everyone was calling for that one. Right, that's that's got to be one of the most bizarre uh, Twin and, Peaks. I get and not as, development. I get sure, but not not even as a reboot. Like with the new cast, it was going to be but, Coach twenty years but later. Coach, but Coach still coaching. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's. It's not a surprising concept that they would do it. The 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 thing about the I guess the question that you were asking about casting names in it is to me interesting. I think Joel. One of the reasons Joel left the show was uh, one, it was partially creative differences, but it was also he didn't like being on camera. He was tired of being on camera. Mm-hmm. So I can't. I completely I'm not surprised by him wanting to have someone else host it. Have New Blood host it? Um, that doesn't seem. Yeah, I don't know. Seems seems to make sense to me. Uh, Jonah Ray is a name to you. He is a name to me. He is a name to a certain slice of people. He is not a name to people who still don't know how to listen to a podcast. Um, but are those people interested in MST3K? No, that's fair enough. No, that's fair enough. Uh, probably not. Uh, but it doesn't. Here's the thing about it, though, is that. It, it, and this may sound a little cynical, but both all Jonah Ray and Felicia Day and Patton Oswald are all more famous than Joel Hodgson. Gosh, you're right. I hadn't even that's true. I hadn't even really they, thought they, about and that. They all have more Twitter followers. I hate to use that as a metric, but, but as far is. as their is their is their reach. That's an industry fact though that Felicia that Day is has a several million Twitter followers. Right. Right. Uh, I get. I guarantee you, Joel does not. Well, and there are people who have never heard of MST3K that follow Felicia Day that have probably given money to this because of that. I don't follow Joel. I, I just realized uh, when this happened. <laughs> I found I, I, I found out about it from Jonah because I follow him. Right. And so the fact is that all three of these people, especially Patton, of course, but as far as in the internet world, Felicia, I know she can be polarizing for people, but she is an internet force. And, and I do yeah. want to be clear. Um I love Felicia Day. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Patton Oswald, even if I'm tired of him. And uh, like I said, I respect Jonah Ray. Good for him. You know, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not questioning whether or not they're the right people for this. I'm just questioning if their celebrity overshadows it. Um, and, and that's a, it's a good point. And the only one that I would perhaps agree with you on would maybe be Patton, just because he is a much bigger star than the other two that an average person is going to recognize, and he is such a big personality. Yes. That. Uh, but he also is, however, the thing you forgot to mention about him earlier, he's also a really good actor. Yeah. Uh, not just a good comedian. If you watch him in um, movies like Big Fan or uh, Young Adult, which are not great films, but he's great in them, or on Justified, where he's playing kind of a goofy um, constable, but he's actually a really good performance. Well, and a very different kind of goofy than he normally does. Right. Well, I can't so, even say normally does because he is he is a versatile performer and he is as rec- as physically recognizable as he is. He is very capable of not being Patton Oswalt. Yeah, he is, and he 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 can. So it's possible that he can create a new character for it. He can do an impression of Frank. I don't. We don't know what his plans are going to be, but that could overshadow it. Sure. Uh, but you said you know what's going to happen to the comedy. This is gonna. I'm gonna sound like a dick. It might actually be funny. <laughs> like 
I love MST, but part of what made MST at the time good was that it was amateur. It was very amateur. Mm-hmm. And you can't go back and watch the – I didn't – now, this is coming from the angle. My favorite part of MST is not the host stuff. Uh, I like the movies. Um, if I've seen an episode, I probably skip through the host stuff to get to the movie stuff. Me too. Uh, so the emphasis on who's playing the movies is – it doesn't – that doesn't affect me as much as who's going to be writing the jokes – and who's going to be saying the jokes while they're watching these shitty movies? So that so if you can get Patton Oswald, who is again a fine comedic performer, to do the interstitials, I might be much more interested in the interstitials, and they might actually be funny on a real level. Uh, not to say that there weren't funny stuff in the original, but Mike Nelson and, and Joel, even Joel, who, who is a stand-up, but those guys, I mean, it wasn't. I don't know. I actually think it could up the quality of it, but there is that trade-off where the homespun nature of it kind of goes away. Right, and that's, uh. that's that's an excellent point because you you totally verbalized what I was thinking but didn't quite put together. Is that? Is it going to be too polished now? Is it going to lose its charm? Yeah, I think the, the one thing that, that that I got into on your thread that was a little that angered me that somebody said was just the someone said that they were they were worried that with Jonah and Patton that everyone would be smirking too much and too snarky mm-hmm. and everything and I just wanted to say what fucking show were you watching because <laughs> right. the basis of MST is snark it is watching something that you know is bad and making fun of it right that is what the show is at its core. It is – they don't wink at the camera. They talk straight to it. It is super self-aware. It is uh, It is the definition – I mean if you – the word smart-ass in the dictionary should just have those three guys sitting in the uh, aisle next to each other. It is ir- ironically detached. It is snarky. Uh, so the idea that you would be worried that – certain actors because you see them as a hipster like people try to paint Jonah Ray as uh, I don't know I mean the humor is the same to me it's the well, same thing. I, th- I think my concern was when it's a bunch of people you haven't heard of uh, making fun of a thing it's very different from and, and granted Jonah Ray is not the guy in this cast that has three houses. So yep. it's going to ease it a little bit, the fact that he's going to be the one sitting there. But, yeah. you know, the humor now, when you've been in Ratatouille, you you don't get to make fun of little struggling guys who happen to make shitty movies. Like, um, that seems... That's not the world we live in anymore. Uh, yeah, that's the it thing. Is... I mean, I, I, I'm a personally a fan of the podcast How Did This Get Made, which is working actors making fun of bad movies. And it's exceptionally popular and very funny. And all three of the people in it are working actors. And now they always claim that they're not saying that they're better than other people. You right. know, but just sometimes movies go wrong. Um, and they, all of the hosts of Has Get Made have been in some terrible movies. Well, before we and, get, before we get any further, um, yep. we gotta get Beth in here. Beth, sure. what is your background? Hi. Hi, Beth. <laughs> what is your background? 
with the show and how do you feel about all of this? Um, I actually watched it when it was on the comedy channel. Yes. And Sorry, yeah. long ago, um, I recognized it kind of for what it was immediately because I used to watch mad movies back oh in the old, old, old days. Oh my gosh. I totally that was one of the, that was one of their inspirations. Yes. Yeah. I used to mad love movies. that show. And the Canned Film Festival was the other one that they were a big fan of. I never saw that one. So I I watched that, and then I I happened across it on the comedy channel and was like, oh, shit, people making fun of movies. I'm so glad this is back. (laughs) (laughs) I love making fun of movies. But um, it it was completely different than Mad Movies because it had all those, those little host bits and everything. And once Comedy Channel became Comedy Central... I, I enjoyed watching, uh, the Turkey Day Marathons. I always watch those. And, and I enjoyed the Mads. But to me, the casting of the Mads that everybody's getting so up in arms about is not nearly as important as who the presenters are. And nobody is talking on any of this stuff about the guys playing the robots. Yeah, what okay. Cause I, I watched I no the video. Idea. I watched the video and I noticed the voices are quite different so what's going on there what's going on there is none of the other guys want to come back and they've said it publicly i mean that's the phase in the in the in the intro video right 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 uh joel said everyone's welcome to come back right any who's on the show and every single one of them Trace and Kevin and Mike have all said on twitter publicly i'm not going to be doing the remake the new show None of them. Well, Mike, Bill, and Kevin are still doing riff tracks. They've still right. got their own thing going on. Yep. Yeah. That's what and people say. Oh, MST's back. Tracks. I'm like, it never went away. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of riff tracks. I have tons of them. Um, and, and to me, it's not that Jonah and, and Joel and all these people who are going to be writing it might not be funny. To me, it's not about that because anybody with half a sense of humor can make fun of a really bad movie, but it's about the dynamics on screen. And, and, like, we didn't initially like Bill when Trace left. We didn't like Mike when Joel left, even though Mike was head writer most of the time Joel was there. But it was about the different presenters changing the dynamic of everything. And I don't know anything about these guys playing the bots, and they could be hilarious, but I don't know what that dynamic is going to look like on screen. So no matter how funny you are, if you don't have a good on-screen dynamic, it's not going to work. I would say that in the same sense that because because what you said is exactly true. Joel, uh, even though Mike ended up being awesome, in in a in a little part of my brain, Joel's always my guy. And but Mike was shaky at first. It took him a little bit of time to get comfortable, yeah. just like it does with any new dynamic. And I think I, I will say this: uh, it's probably going to take you know, an episode or two for things to smooth out and for them to really get their uh, sort of comedic timing and, and uh, working together on point. But also I think that they chose the people they chose for a reason. Like, I don't think they just, who whoever's doing the robots now, I doubt very much that, you know, I, I feel like, 
a little planning went into this. They didn't just grab well, these three for, guys. From what I read, they were friends of Jonah's that he recommended to Joel, and Joel said, yeah, let's do that. Let's see, and that's uh, possibly a good thing. It could be disastrous, but uh, but it means they already do have a chemistry. So, you know, maybe that'll work. Maybe that'll be fine. And and the, the thing to remember as we have this discussion, and this is for the listeners, uh is we don't really know how any of it's going to work because we haven't seen anything yet. We we and we won't. Uh, it, at this point, it's happening. We're going to get episodes, whatever medium they end up being delivered. Uh, we don't know if it'll be an online thing. If they'll actually they be able to get it on know. cable, right? They haven't. They have no idea. Uh, so it's going to happen, and we don't know how it's going to be. But it's just. Like I said, I and, and I didn't get into this, I am not as diehard a fan as you guys or certainly as some of the ones that were posting uh, on the Facebook page. I found it, and like Chad said, initially I was bewildered by it. And I, until, Beth, until you mentioned Mad Movies, I don't know that I'd even made that, con- like, I hadn't thought of Mad Movies in decades. Uh <laughs> But I, I do remember being bewildered by MST3K the first time that I saw it. I was like, "What? What is what? What is happening here?" Uh, and it took me. It took a little while uh, for me to get it. But once I did get it, uh, I really enjoyed it. I can't say I tracked it down. I've been surprised when it was on Netflix. I was surprised by how many of them. I was like, "Oh shit! I've seen this." Uh, but it's one of those things that I think maybe the time moved, or it was. It wasn't always easy to find, or maybe I was working. Well, when it went to sci-fi and it was all uh, Mrs. Forrester and everybody else left, it got a little yeah. Well, Mike, a little Mike was the only guy left, and yeah. and that was definitely yeah. when when it went to uh, Mrs. Forrester is when I think I checked out. Yeah, Mary uh, Jo uh, Peel, yeah. and and when Mike initially came on board, uh, it was almost like when Colin Baker became the Doctor. I was like, oh, what? Uh, but then I, I checked back in, and I was like, oh, Mike's good. What was my problem? I'm a dick. Um, I think you meant when Matt Smith became the doctor. I don't understand oh, this. Oh, no. Colin, stop this, it. This, I don't understand uh, this. You mean when Matt Smith became the doctor, you were like, okay, now I understand. Okay, go ahead. Um, but I – so I uh, I've, I enjoy the show, and I certainly have reverence for it, but I, I, I wouldn't consider myself uh, uh, like one of the huge fans that, that seeks it out. Uh, in the way that, that some of our commenters clearly do. But, like I said, this just gave me pause, and now I think the interesting thing to consider, uh, and, and we can certainly return to the the new cast as the conversation goes on, but what is, what is left? Are they going to do... I mean, obviously, there are probably plenty of old movies that some of us have never even heard of that they can cover... Um, Actually, you guys are gonna are gonna be able to talk about this a little bit. What what is what are the splintered factions that occurred after it was canceled? There's cinematic Titanic. There's Rift Tracks. There's like I don't who who does what and how did everything split up and why do you think uh, some of the original cast have no interest in returning? Beth, go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, I think that. Mike and Bill and Kevin are doing pretty well with Rift Tracks. I buy tons of them. Um, I, I think they've, they've moved on. They've got their own thing going on. The Rift Tracks Live thing that they do. 
Uh, and and for, anybody, for anybody listening uh, that may not be totally familiar with Rift Tracks, that's you buy an MP3 file and play it back alongside the movie, right? So they don't have to worry about licensing the movie fees. It's a podcast. It's basically a okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, it, it's you download an MP3 track to a movie you already own. It's uh, it's actually helped give new life to a lot of movies I wouldn't necessarily watch again. Like I, I don't know that I ever need to see the first Captain America again, but with a riff track, funny as hell. You just made me sad. I love that movie. I they know do, you do. do. I stopped going to riff tracks actually when they started doing movies that I felt were, even if they didn't love them, I felt were quality movies. And I actually ended like up what? getting into a little back and forth with Kevin on Twitter a little bit about it. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I didn't. Movie. Well, things like uh, things like Captain America that are, you know, there are way worse movies out there. And and all I did was comment on. I didn't mind they were doing it. I just commented. I didn't tag him or anything. I just commented that it kind of bums me out that they're doing these kind of you know big Hollywood movies that are. You know, completely fine quality films, even if you don't like them. You know, and MST used to do just really awful, obscure films. It was a lot more fun. And um, and he wrote back. I mean, we had a friendly little back and forth about it. You know, and I didn't write at him. He just was searching for things apparently <laughs> online. It's weird I, I how that like happens. That they've sometimes. gone after it. No, I, no I like and that's that they've gone after the big budget movies now because they can, since they don't yeah. have to worry about getting the licensing rights. Yeah. Um, because there are problems with every single movie in the whole wide world. Well, uh, the Independence Day was funny. The Jurassic Park was funny because it had Weird Al. Here's yes. here's the thing that bothers me about that though, um, and and this is probably me being an overly sensitive geek, but when you point out, because this is why I don't watch those uh, YouTube videos. Cinema about sins. all of the th- yes, yeah, cinema sins like yeah. they could be really funny. I don't, but- I don't want to be made to feel like an asshole for liking something. Yeah, uh, I've never it, felt like an asshole which, for liking something after a riff track, though. I don't, no? I don't feel like they're they're that mean about and, it. And to be fair, I have never listened to a single riff track, so I don't know the 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 tone of the content. But just to go towards. Uh, knocking on, I, I think, I almost feel like big budget Hollywood popcorn summer movies or whatever, or it's, it's, it's easy prey. Actually, to me, movies that they're doing now, like Birdemic and The Room, are easier prey. To me, that's low oh, hanging very fruit. So. Very much I've so. made, Carrie and I have watched it and made hilarious jokes watching those movies together. And then we see there's a riff track for it. We're like, well, but okay, maybe those guys are funnier than we are, so we'll watch it. But well, and that's a we case feel of, like we've already covered it. That's a case of low-hanging fruit, though. When you have something that's infamous, like The Room or Troll 2 or something like that, like, you're right. At that point, it's like, well, what's the point of this? What What is, what new ground are you going to break with these movies that are now famous for being horrible? Just gives me another excuse to watch The Room, man. I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, That's, we we went and saw the live simulcast of it, and it was pretty amazing. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch him play football all day. <laughs> oh hi! Oh hi! I'll just watch him toss a football back and forth with his buddies. <laughs> to, to go off on all a slight, day. to go off on a slight tangent, 
the first time I ever experienced the room, uh, it was years ago. I, I don't even know when, I, I don't know what year it was. It was when Adult Swim played it for like seven or eight hours one <laughs> night and they didn't announce it. They didn't make a big deal of it or anything. And at like two in the morning, I turned to Adult Swim because that's a thing I do because you never fucking know what you're going to find. And I just sat there and watched the room, having no idea what it was, didn't know if it was something they produced, didn't know, like, it was kind of awesome because I was bewildered by it. I, I was just utterly, I, I, it was like the first time I watched things. The room was a, know. the room was a legendary thing in LA because there was a giant billboard on either Fairfax or La Cienega, it's been a while, that was up for years. That just said the room with a big picture of Tommy. <laughs> and it was there for years and no one had any idea what it was. Right? Well, if you ask people, we thought it was a vampire movie. We thought it was a play. Sure. We had no idea. It was there for a very long time. Anyone who lived in Los Angeles, say seven, eight years ago knows this billboard. It was a landmark. I, I will give it to the guys at Rift Track. So they tried to, be nice to Tommy at the end, and they tried to plug his underwear line because apparently Tommy Wiseau now makes underwear. Well, sure, why not? but his but he Go shoots ahead. his own ass, his, his his beautiful ass on film. Why would he want to cover that? <laughs> he loves showing his ass. Oh, those sex scenes! So that everyone can have an ass like him, I guess. He shows this. Uh, he shows this. He, he shows the same sex scene twice just so you can get more of him making love. It's just. <laughs> More, oh. more of his side dick. All right, it's to get, so, so great so. to get to get. Yeah, uh, sorry, of course. That, no, no, I understand. Everybody uh, popping their copy of the room. Yes, now. Yes, which, <laughs> by the way, just as a side note, uh, I am not watching the room right now. I have Mortal Kombat Annihilation on in the background as a. Uh, <sighs> You're gonna do that one on your own, buddy. My, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to have some kind of awful uh, movie playing while we had this discussion, and believe me, this one fits the bill. Okay. So, uh, we, we've kind of made peace, I think, to a certain extent with the reasons behind the new cast. Uh, we know a little bit about, you know, you just do something for so long and, and you're done with it. I, I, I get that. One of the things, Beth, that you brought up was... Why is Joel even doing this? Uh, and, and this was on the Facebook page again. And, and listeners, please join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group. We'd love to hear your input. Uh, so Beth brought up why is Joel even doing this now at this point? Chad, mm -hmm. what do you think about that? Well, according to him, he's been trying to get this done for a long time. This has not been something that just kind of popped up. He's been trying to make this happen. Uh, it only became possible when sh he made a deal with Shout Factory, who had the rights to make the DVDs, and then I guess have the rights to the show now. So what has he been doing in the intervening years? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, enough. I have no idea. I, I, have no, I, mean, I mean, maybe that's part of the problem, you know, is that I don't know. Right. What he's been doing in the intervening years. Uh, you know, nobody I, I is necessarily. I heard for a while at the beginning he worked for Man or After Man, doing mm -hmm. doing pyrotechnics and stuff. But that was uh, a long time ago. He is an odd dude, and so he he is 
shows various interests in very different things. Well, and I know? respect that because I, I've uh, for for a guy whose stand up act once uh, was composed of training a goldfish. Yes, I'm down with that. You know, yeah. good for you for seeking things out. <laughs> uh, why would he want to do it? I, I think. Um, the cynical answer, someone would say, oh, he needs money, but sure. eh, this doesn't feel like a money-making venture. Well, and, and I do want to be clear because I, uh, anybody who's been a, a longtime follower of the site or listener of the podcast knows that uh, if if needing money is your reason, I'm not going to condemn you for that. That's because it's a job. I mean, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a job. Everybody's uh, got to eat. That's right. It, it, it is perhaps maybe – the thing that he has that is the most marketable. Yes. And he's having a hard time breaking in with something else. So these, this is the most marketable thing that he has. It may be he was inspired by the Kickstarter idea that they could, like he says in the intro video on the Kickstarter page, that they could kind of go back to its roots and do it with no, no editorial whatsoever. Right. With no one hanging over their heads for these initial six episodes. Which is a great point because that's how they started off. Right, on uh, a cable it, access when right. nobody was paying attention. Which is, you know, let's be honest, as famous and as accomplished uh, as as any of these people are, I think anybody appreciates the ability and the privilege to go back to working in a non-studio format. Uh, and, and, I, and that's why I kind of think they're going to end up on Netflix. Because Netflix is, you know, just throwing out money to, like, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross saying, do what you want, we'll play it. Which, by the way, I just want to say that those uh, four episodes and and documentary of Mr. Show are so good. fucking amazing. I haven't, I haven't watched them yet. Oh, my gosh. I, I was so dubious about it, and within ten minutes of the first episode, I felt like an ass because it's it's excellent. It's it's like it never stopped. It's fantastic. Terry, Terry and I watched them all in one night. We couldn't stop. Yeah, I, I definitely plan on it. I just haven't. I just haven't got to him yet. I think. I mean, he might just think this is the right time because of avenues such as this. Because the internet kind of is the equivalent of you know that cable access, where it is anybody can put up a show mentality. That sure. The internet definitely is. I mean, some might say to its detriment, but <laughs> either way, anybody can put up a show. And well, Felicia, Felicia Day already has a following for internet shows. Right, and Felicia Day already has that. And Felicia's one of the pioneers of someone who just said, uh, fuck it, I'm going to just make my own show. Yeah. And she made a show that ran for a long time, you know, for, for especially in internet show years and that's the thing to remember is you know if, if you have any doubts go watch the guild yeah anybody who doubts felicia day go yeah. watch the guild yeah i mean she had a she had a she's very been very public lately about a nervous breakdown she had a little while ago and kind of flipped her shit um when the gamergate thing happened and people were giving out her address online and all these different things are home address. She's online. she's dealt with a lot of really unfair <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, just by being a, a woman who happens to enjoy video games and talking talking about it has right. puts a target on her head, which is unfortunate. And we could talk for five hours about that bullshit. Um, but I mean, <clears throat> why is David Lynch going back to Twin Peaks? You know, why is you know why are they making more Star Wars? I mean, it, there's obviously. At least from Joel's point of view, or the people around him, the point, the the sense that it's wanted, that 
that people will respond to it, that people would like to see more. And clearly and, he is correct because yeah. they have uh, – I, I think the latest update is that they're the second best funded uh, TV media Kickstarter campaign in the history of Kickstarter. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, it, the, rift, the rift tracks just got all the uh, the rights back to their original shows. They're they're selling MST3K episodes on the rift track site now, and they're selling really really well. Like yeah. if you go onto their site and you log in, uh, you can look for most popular and things like that. The the old MSTs are selling really well because apparently some people out there don't already own every one of them. Well, and um, I, I well, the DVD sets are pretty pricey and yeah. for, for what you get, so I don't have any of the DVD sets. I rely and, on streaming and stuff. But I will say this, um, just because I'll take any opportunity I can to put Shout Factory over, I think Shout Factory had a lot to do with the sort of resurgence of MST over the past five years. Yep. Because... Man, I, 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 they, they are our anchor bay of today. But they are not a production company. <laughs> no, they're and not. That's, and that's, I think, I mean, we're not going to get into the, to the, the, the rationale for Kickstarter, but that's, that is the rationale, is that they're not a production company. Right. And they own the rights to this thing. It was the same thing that happened with the Veronica Mars movie. Well, and where, I think I think it's very smart of Shop Factory to not get into that end of it. No, of course, but like when the Veronica Mars movie came out, well, when the Veronica Mars Kickstarter happened, everyone was like, well, why don't they just make the movie? And Rob Thomas was basically saying, I don't own Veronica Mars. Right. Right? The studio owns Veronica Mars. We need to raise enough money to prove to them there are enough people that will want to see it. Because they are not going to hand me the money that I need to make this movie. We need to kind of, in, in, a, in a sense, pre-sell it. You yeah. Know? And I, I guess to address this issue just a little bit um, – yeah. As far as, because I think a lot of people are cynical about Kickstarter and are like, well, wait, why would a known entity, why would something that has been on television or has been in movie theaters or whatever the case may be, I don't think it's fair that they're using Kickstarter. Um, I think that's bullshit. I think Kickstarter is for everybody. I think Kickstarter, the whole point of Kickstarter is... If you dig something, you give it money. I don't care if... I, I think what's more bullshit is people I know who have money saying, oh, I feel like dropping off work and finishing college, so give me some money. That's more bullshit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I... I, I you know, again, we didn't... Don't want to get too heavy in the kitchen. You know what? But, I said but, we're not, but, but I said we're not do, going to get into it, but I actually yeah. feel... I it feel is part of strongly the about this. Yes, it is it part is. of the puzzle. Yes, it is. People tend to misjudge certain things like this. You know, where they wait, they look at it, and I think someone said, "Why didn't Patton just pay for it himself?" That's that absurd. pissed me off last night. Yeah, That's, that is silly, right? And I and I understand it, but it's very one. You never invest in your own stuff. That's no. just the rule, right? The idea that Patton could pony up a couple million out of his pocket is actually ridiculous. No, it's silly. Um, it's silly. He, you, people he doesn't have to, cash laying around like people that. People tend to vastly overestimate the amount of money that these people have. They're quite wealthy. Don't you know, Well, no, Patton is quite wealthy, right? Well, no, he's not wealthy. Patton's rich. He's not wealthy. As was it Chris Rock said, Shaq is rich. The guy who signs his checks is wealthy. Right, right. <laughs> it, so, you know, Patton's fine, but he's not throwing three – 
four or five million dollars out of his pocket for somebody else's project that he doesn't even. Well, really and he shouldn't have own. to. And he shouldn't it's have a to. That's stupid not, expectation. It's not fair to ask you that, but you hear that a lot, all the time. Like, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily a fan of the Zach Braff Kickstarter campaign, but people kept saying, "You have all that money from Scrubs. Why don't you just pay for it yourself?" And he was putting some of his own money into it, but that's not how the business works. No, and it's not a wise thing. It's it's and um, well, if you, you are an if you're someone something. who would like to work with me one day and finance one of my films, close your ears. But investing in an independent film project <laughs> is a horrible investment. It is a terrible. <laughs> Investment. I had a meeting with a woman one time who was trying to get this little production company, and she was very dismissive of the artist's point of view and artist, artist, artist. And I said, well, why do you want to do this? She said, well, I went to business school. And I said, you need to go back because investing in our little Sundance Film Festival movie is a bad decision. So you really didn't learn much in business school because independent film is a money sink. And only on occasion do you get super lucky and have a hit and even make a dime, let alone your money back. Yeah, I think uh, if you're investing in any kind of media project like that, you're doing it because you love it, you support it, yes. and not because you expect any returns on it, which to me is what actually makes Kickstarter kind of awesome is because when you invest in these things, you are getting some kind of return. Like – when I look at a Kickstarter project, to me it's all about whether or not I want to give it money. I don't I don't really care about the rewards. It's I believe in this project and I want to give it money. And yes, it's great to get those rewards and people don't understand what an unusual situation it is that you're investing in the arts and are guaranteed a reward. Like they don't know how spoiled we are for that to be the case. With that being said, if anyone wants to loan me ten grand, because <laughs> uh, I'd really like to have that private dinner with Joel and Felicia and Joan and Patton, um, I just think that would be a good time. So I was looking at the prices. I don't need the twenty-five grand to be the executive producer of the entire series. I'm not greedy. I'm just looking for the ten that will uh, get me a nice dinner. Um, no, but I would agree with you. I mean, I gave fifty dollars to Veronica Mars, and by doing so, I got a T-shirt that online would have cost me twenty. I got a movie one sheet. I got a you know one sheet of the poster, right, or the movie one sheet that would cost you fifteen twenty dollars. And then I got the Blu-ray, right? Uh, you know, the moment it came out, like. But the bottom were the stuff. The bottom line is, if Rob Thomas had come to you and said, "Look, buddy." I need your 50 bucks to make a Veronica Mars movie. I can't promise you're going to get anything out of it, but if you believe in it, you would have given him 50 bucks, wouldn't you? Shut up and take my money. Right. In a heart, I, why, why are you, why are you here and not writing? Yeah. Right. I mean, it was definitely. And, and that's how I feel about the Kickstarter stuff that I support is stuff that I, I, I just, I love it and I want to see it happen. I would just However, give it the money. The one thing I would say about it, just the one negative say, thing sure. I would say is uh, don't go into it willy-nilly. Uh, commit to what you're doing because if people are going to hand you their money, you better be oh, yeah. you better be confident you can finish what you started. Yeah, and I, I have not – that had... is the one thing that people run into. I know in the board game world, in the video game world where people throw money at, at you know independent video games and independent board games and so many of them come out and they're not good or they're broken or they never come out. And that's where 
the the end of Kickstarter that bothers me is the and accountability. It's a good thing, but the yeah, the lack of a vetting process and the lack of accountability. Yes, right. Uh, you know, you better. You know, but we know. But when you, that's why you know it may seem unfair, but that's why I'm more willing to give money to Rob Thomas or to Joel or to I didn't, but to Zach Braff because I know they are professionals who will do what they say they're going to do. Well, dude, and that's reality. That is the world that we live in now. That is why. When a studio is looking at a movie and they say, oh, this is tied into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, well, fuck yeah, we're going to make it, or fuck yeah, we're going to back it, or whatever, this has a fan base already, okay, great. That's why that's the world we live in, is because there are so many flakes out there and so many people that you can't rely on. Our time and our money is too precious to be wasted. So when we see a known quantity, it's much easier to support that or back that. Unfortunately, that's all the studios are relying on these days, though. Yeah, and and the and that's uh, that's a whole other episode. Is the studios have a different kind of responsibility than the general public? I don't get mad at the general public for the Michael yeah. Bay's eighth Transformer movie being popular. I can't, but the studios, <laughs> the studios yeah. have to me an artistic responsibility to be different that they're failing in but that's a whole other episode every time I see the box office for a Transformers movie I want to start a rebellion <laughs> um, I want to take to the streets with pitchforks like, what are you people thinking everyone who bought a ticket for that movie out in the streets now we're having a purge um, have you guys seen the epic rap battle with him in it no uh, uh, yes, the, it starts off as Alfred Hitchcock. It starts off with Hitchcock and Spielberg, but at the end, Michael Bay comes in and just starts rapping about motherfucking money. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he goes from, it's Hitchcock. It's really good. And then I think Stanley Kubrick shows up and Quentin, uh, Quentin Tarantino is in there. And Stanley Kubrick shows up and then at the end, Michael Bay comes in and is basically like, I don't yeah. give a shit, rich bitch. It basically I, what I, I, I can't even laugh at that because I watched The Rock last night and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> the Rock is a great movie. The Rock is a long time ago. Uh, okay, so uh, to wrap things up, because it is that time, and sure. and I, I, I feel like we've had a pretty good discussion about this. It's happening. Old enough. It's happening. Uh, what? Let's start with Beth. Beth, say something I hate so we can argue. Yeah, I really thought this would be more contentious. <laughs> Damn it, I'm, Look, I'm like sorry. You, said, oh, you were the two kind of middle-of-the-road moderate voices. Yeah, you guys were... I, that wanted to talk about it. Right, you were at the I, either end of the moderate spectrum. Yeah. I don't have any strong feelings one way or the other about Jonah Ray. I don't like him, I don't dislike him. Sure. He's just kind of there, and sometimes he's funny, and sometimes he's not. Um, but to me, it's going to be all about the writing because like I said earlier, I don't care how funny Joel's writing is. It's about the dynamic of the on-screen people. I haven't heard enough about the people playing the bots to know if that's going to be good or not. I don't care who they cast as the Mads. I like Felicia Day. I like Patton Oswalt. The Mads are only there for like total five minutes an episode. And we don't even know. Patton could only be in one episode. He could only exactly. just you know. Uh, the picture with the wig you posted yesterday was amazing. It looked really good, even though I was kind of like, hey, I don't know. Like I said, either him or Andy Richter. Those were the two choices. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're totally right about that. But I, I made a list of my favorite episodes, and and more of my favorite episodes came down on the Mike side than they did on the Joel side. 
Interesting. So uh, I don't know because Mitchell and Pod people are my favorite Joels. Mitchell. But then with Mikey, Mikey got Laser Blast. You got Puma Man. You got Hobgoblin, Soul Taker. I do. I do want to say, but he had Biz Mitchell and he has Ega. I do want to say this real quick. Um, I really liked the uh, the interstitial stuff. I always enjoyed it, and this is Joel. And once I got to like Mike, I liked the weird inventions. I liked the little the stuff where they, it was just him and the robots hanging out. I always really enjoyed that stuff. No, I I did too. But I just I just hope we don't pretend like it was Preston Sturgis. That it was, <laughs> you know, like let's not fool ourselves into thinking it was high end. No, no, and it was exceptionally wasn't. written it, well, comedy. It and was you know not. what? And, and honestly, I think that is what I like about it. I, I yes, think I do like yeah. that. It's it's like this lame community theater. <laughs> no, I I demand that the servo robot still be made of a gumball machine. Like yes. if they make it out of some kind of real. Robotic looking parts. I will be very upset. No, I think they're using the same puppets, aren't they? They're I using new that part. puppets, but they'll be. I believe they're the same model. Right, they're the giving, same they, they say because one of the Kickstarter things is um, there. Are f- one of the slots is there are five slots, and each person who donates that much money gets a crow because they're going to do a, right. a different crow for each episode. So they've got like they'll make like five puppets. Right. And well, that sounds a little weird. <laughs> they'll, well, it's part of the Kickstarter. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But they'll use one for the episode, and they'll sign it and whatever, and then give it to the person who donated, and then well, another. And so. you know what? Here's a point I want to make, is this is one of the more transparent Kickstarters I've seen, where he goes into explanation about, look, it's going to cost us this much to fulfill the rewards, it's going to cost us this much to, to process the credit transactions and to pay Kickstarter... Uh, like he's very open about this is why this is how much money we're asking for is because it costs this much just to fucking do a Kickstarter. And I, I, Kickstarter I, and to produce a television show and to license movies. Right. Uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up as we were wrapping up real fast was the thing we didn't hit upon that we should have. Go for it. Which is what movies are they going to do? Right, right. That's and, a big part of it. Whether they're going to try to go contemporary like Rift Tracks um, or whether they're going to go classic MST and go into the 50s, Hello? 60s, and the 70s. Are you still Beth? Beth? Uh-oh. Looks like we lost Beth. Um, okay. We'll give um, her We'll give her a second to call back sorry, in back since in. Yeah. you're... Uh, yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah all this, I say is, like, what, what type of movies do they plan on doing? Is it going to be like the show used to? Or are they going to maybe creep up into the 80s and 90s with some of the really bad straight-to-video stuff we got during those times? You know, there's plenty of horrible 80s movies to mine if they really wanted to. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, but, but what, what, you know, but, or are they going to be doing Birdemic? You know, I mean, that's the real question. I, I think that obviously getting the rights to something like Batman and Robin would be economically impossible for them. You know, what, what are targets going to be? I think that's going to be, say a lot about the tone. I mean, I'm hoping we're seeing more teenagers first type movies and that they are the classic bad, 60s, 70s, 50s sci-fi and horror films. But I would rather see because I think there are, I think there are plenty of older movies that they can do. I, I don't think they need to do modern stuff. And you know what? Honestly, I don't think anybody wants modern stuff because as you guys, hey, I'm been, back. Hey, you're, yeah, you're back. back. We've just been talking about what kind of movies they might do. 
And I think. Oh no, we were talking about how Twitch. Okay, you, you. All right, we're gonna we're gonna pretend we weren't talking about her. Is that what we're gonna do? Oh yeah, yeah. We okay. totally. All right, yeah, we were totally just talking about what kind of what kind of movies. Hello. Yeah. yeah Are you there, Beth? Hello. I'm I'm here. Stop talking about me. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's, oh, I'm sorry. So, um, anyways, I've known her for so long, and she's such a pain in the ass, and I can't believe you ever lived with. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> what we're discussing was uh, how what, you had me around your child on multiple occasions. Yeah, you, good I idea have, there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ter- it's terrible actually. Uh, but she's, uh, I think she's my scar. We were discussing what type tracks, of films they were going to do. Well, yeah. and I think Rift Tracks has modern movies covered. I, I don't feel yeah. like they're going to come back and do something that's being done. I, I think there are plenty of older movies still to be looked at, and I think that's kind of MST3K's thing. If you're going to call it that. You need to stick with those older classics. I think it would be very weird to have MST3K doing something even even from the 90s. I think that's what bugged me about Rift Tracks starting out was when they were doing modern movies. I was like, wait, Independence Day? That's not that's not old. Yes. That's recent. Yeah. Um, but I, I would be fine with them doing old movies. I don't want to see them doing new movies. I don't think they could get the rights to new movies anyway. I think they could creep up into the 80s. I think they could Rift maybe come up. Rift Tracks can't get Twilight. No, of course. Of course. But, but I mean, you, no, I think you're right, though. The 80s, I mean, this is going to make us all feel very old and sad, but, you know, yeah. the 80s were almost 40 years ago. So that's definitely. <laughs> and on that note of ruining everybody's night, um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, yeah, I, I just think that that's the last piece of the puzzle as far as what we can maybe expect to see. Yeah, is just what what type of films are they going to do? What is the you know or uh, you know yeah what 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 are their targets going to be? Um, because it, there is something that seems a little more. Uh, innocent in a way of poking fun at those horrible hygiene films and in yes. in uh, in bad sci-fi from the fifties. You know, um, it, there is something that seems it's safer, um, but you know again, what? it doesn't seem right. as mean. Anybody that has anybody that has that criticism of of it being hipstery, uh, it is a I, little. I think. Well, it totally is, but it's eh. not always wrong. But I think that argument is instantly derailed. If you, if you are looking at things from the past, I, I think. But hipsterism is a lot about that. I mean, it is a lot about. Well, that's about embracing things from the past. So a hipster is going to love things from the from the eighties. They're going to love it ironically, right? Love it ironically, and and I wore a Plan Nine from Outer Space T-shirt, and I don't <laughs> love that movie because of its quality. Right. I love that movie because of how bad it is. Well, and, and because of Ed Wood's passion. But again, that's a whole other yeah, episode. Yeah, but okay. it's, but but the only reason I know about Ed Wood is because of Mr. Science Theater. The only reason I know about yeah. Arch Hall Junior is because of MST. But it is. It is intentionally sitting there and watching something you know is horrible for the reason of making fun of it because you know that it's bad. Right. Or and because that's you me know. It's not hipsterism, but it is part of that DNA. And I, I guess that on the, your Facebook page, the Facebook discussion, and I, you know, if, if someone wants to indict Jonah Ray as being a hipster, Mr. Science Theater helped him get there. Oh, sure. Because that sense of humor, that snarkiness, comes from that. Absolutely. You know? well, but you, you could also look at it as 
we wouldn't be watching things like Sharktopus or Sharknado or things like that. People wouldn't care about that kind of stuff without the history of Mystery Science Theater. No, absolutely. To, to yeah, make oh. them go, hey, this is going to be terrible. Let's watch this and make fun of it. Oh, I definitely think it's had some negative ramifications. I do. No, you shut your mouth. Sharktopus was amazing. Sharktopus. I think it's had some. Neg- I think it's had some negative ramifications. I think that <laughs> the. I do believe that the so bad it's good thing is only now, now good for me if the movie's not far. trying to be bad. Well, and that's the thing, and that's the difference between Sharktopus and Sharknado. Is Sharktopus was a genuine attempt to make. A horror movie on a limited budget. Sharknado. Roger Corman means it. Sharknado. I'll admit that I missed I'm sorry. Was it's Roger Corman? Well, Sharknado uh, yeah. was an attempt to make a so bad it's good movie. Which I'm is sorry, I missed one of the 40 million Roger Corman movies on Earth. Um, but, <laughs> right, uh, and that's right. I saw his, I saw his Fantastic now. Four. That's all I needed. Before uh, before we get too far off course, are there anything in you guys' notes that you want to? get in here before we close it out um, it's mostly about Beth, Beth, Beth. sucking mm, being yeah. terrible uh, <laughs> kickstarter uh, I wanted to point out that I don't care what anybody says the movie was amazing um, the Mr. Science Theater movie was amazing Oh, I, lo- I love that, that movie I, I never understood the criticism of that because this island earth is, is awful and yeah it's it terrible. is there's no well, but it's, it's so classic. good but it's there's, terrible. There's no yeah. holding it's that It's terrible movie. and it's awesome. Yeah, there's But some no people were mad when they picked that because yes. they're like, but that's a good sci-fi movie. You're like, no, no it's not. No, it isn't. <laughs> the mutants uh, are not uh, good. Yes. All you need to know is mutant. All right, guys, we're yeah. going to wrap it up. Uh, Chad, where can we find you online? Uh, just Twitter, at Chad J. Shonk. That's pretty much it. Um, and uh, where where can we find the movie that you wrote? Uh, you can find Dakota Sky on, you can watch it on Hulu for free, not Hulu Plus, just regular Hulu for free, or, uh, no, you can't, sorry, scratch that, you just, the only way to see it, and the only way you must watch it is to buy a DVD. And go, go to the Needless Things Amazon store and buy it from there. And and buy from there, uh, Dakota Sky, S-K-Y-E, a little independent film I wrote, and my novel Proxy is still, uh, for sale on the Kindle store. And on and in paper, on paperback and for Kindle on Amazon. So. Awesome. And Beth, uh, we can still not find you on Twitter, but we can find you uh, <laughs> every other week. All right. It's, okay. Her home address is let me <laughs> every every other Tuesday. Duluth. You can find me on Needless Things. Shut your mouth, Chad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also highly recommend, not because he's my friend, because he's an asshole. Uh, that you watch Dakota Sky and read his book and meet his child. Go hang out with his parents. I'll give you their home address. Message me. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, this was, this was uh, not as volatile a conversation as I had expected, but I, I think it was a good one and I think we kind of hammered out some stuff. I, I certainly. People who like each other. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. There was no contention here. Guys, yeah. thank you so much. And, Let's talk uh, about Superman Batman last time, and then I can be a dick. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, next time um, we'll be talking about – next time we talk, yes. we will have seen Episode 7. I know. I will see you in December. Absolutely. Yeah, on either that wonderful day or black day. We will see That's right. Chad, Beth, <laughs> thank you, guys. Right. Later. Thank you. Thanks.
Hey, I just realized I didn't even mention uh, the topic being MST3K in the introduction uh, because that's how cold and how stuffed up I am right now. So I should be really great at calling out wrestlers' names tomorrow night, right? Uh, we'll see. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. I certainly always enjoy talking to Beth and Chad, and they've known each other for years, even years longer than I've known each of them. And uh, the Star Wars episode is going to be something, you guys, I'm serious, we're going to have fun with that one, because we're going to have a bunch of us sitting in a room together, potentially drinking some Spike Deck Hot. Please go to iTunes and Stitcher, find the Needless Things podcast, rate us, share us, do whatever you can to spread the word about the show. Go to needlessthingssite.com and check out all of the other material that is there, uh, toy reviews, movie reviews, commentaries on pop culture, all original content, five days a week, uh, sometimes more than once a day. I'm trying to get caught up on toy reviews right now. I've got like... I think I've got 10 or 12 Masters of the Universe Classics figures that I have not yet reviewed. And uh, hopefully next time I'll remember to make some commentary about that. But if not, you can count on uh, Mr. Bo Brown and I doing our year-end wrap-up once again. Should be up on January 8th, I think, if everything works out well. But anyway, that's all I've got. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, uh, Merry Festivus. Merry or happy Festivus? I don't know. Uh, I don't consider myself the rest of us, so I don't know much about Festivus. Ha ha ha. Oh, that was elitist. Uh, anyway, keep an eye out for Dirty Con Game Show. And just have a great time of year. Whether you celebrate anything now or not, the year's coming to a close. Reflect. I love you guys. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com.